and welcome back to What the Fuck America, episode 23. This is Kitchen Table Conversations. Sometimes we serve coffee, sometimes we serve cocktails, always our opinion. Okay, today we are talking about America, what the fuck, like we have more serial killers than anybody else in the uni- in the world. What? Which is pretty interesting. I know. I know. I thought it was good. And the word of the week will be mental health. So, weekly, how was your how have you been? I'm pretty good. good. Uh, I'm trying to think. Oh, we went <clears throat> we went to Wimberley. We would, did another Wimberley trip. Um that's our COVID getaway. Yeah. And uh, so we got an Airbnb with a couple friends, and we went to the swimming hole all day and had a really fun time last weekend. And it's like, it's kind of like a romantic getaway, and it definitely feels like we had a vacation or something. Well, and it's Wimberley. only last two days, but it works. Yeah. Wimberley. It's always romantic. I love Wimberley. Yeah. yeah. It's beautiful. I, I'm, I'm so glad they've kept it quaint. Yeah. It has, it's not Austin. No, no. But I can tell you for sure, I only have a week left in this hellhole. I'm I'm Where are you going? Well, we are finally taking a journey, and I'm so excited because Wilson needs to take some time off. Yesterday, he nearly passed out at work because of the heat. It's the index is 115 down here right now. Yeah. And he's outside all day. Oh, no. So... He, yeah, he's, he needs his break. We, I mean, he's been pushing it to get to a certain level. And like I told you, we were refinancing, so we couldn't go anywhere. And now it's time and I'm excited. I'm going up north. Girl. It's so funny that you really want to do that. Like I would never want to live up north. I love it. I can't wait. We're actually going up through, well, We'll head through Texas, go up to Oklahoma, then we're going across, and I won't bore you with all of it, but we're going across and going up through Michigan. And uh-huh. we have cousins in Michigan. We and do? And so, yep. <laughs> <laughs> no. Well, it's Uncle Carl's oh, okay. daughters. So, yeah, we have two cousins, or we have three cousins. They're Uncle Carl's daughters. Uncle okay. Carl was granddaddy's oldest brother and I have a memory of them yeah they had they visited mom and I've been wanting to go to Michigan and check it out and of course our whole going to Alaska failed because of COVID and the you know resurgence and so uh yeah we're gonna do that and it's gonna be fantastic and I've spent days doing my itinerary (laughs) That's and seeing all the great places around there, and then we'll come back down and we'll hit Pennsylvania, and then back down to North Carolina for the holidays. That's exciting. I know. I'm so excited to get into some cool weather. We're going so how to long this. Is, uh, is Wilson going to not work? Probably till January. Wow. Yeah. That's exciting for him. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well. I mean, this has been the plan all along, but we were supposed to actually be gone in the beginning of the summer. But, Uh. yeah, but with everything happening, we decided, well, let's just, you know, we changed some things up and then, 
here he we had are. a good gig we, it was a good paying gig Might it was well a good paying gig so money. he didn't exactly and right. you know well, like we've talked about like he got a lot of people he knew he found people and now he has all these contacts so mm-hmm. and we will probably be back it'll probably be the texas area again because now he's learning how to do this machine work and it pays really well and really he only has to work six uh, months out of the year that's great he works so, like a dog but yeah at least then he gets to take yeah the and break. it's not I mean, can you, if you add it up, I guess it's longer than that because when he is working, it's like seven days a week, 12 hours a day. So -hmm. you do that for six months and it's like working a year. That's right. That's hard though. Right. It's so hard. As he gets older, it's going to be harder and harder. That's why, you know, we're making plans. That's why you. Yeah. So, what's, is there any update on that? On what? On the RV park idea? Oh. Oh my gosh. Trying to buy land right now. We were outbid three times. Oh, I believe it. So we just gave up. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm like, they don't want our money. So, okay. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, we were outbid three times. We even went to a point where we, we bid on a property because it had a house on it and we could just re renovate the house and then, but at least we would have this big property, right? Um, no, we were outbid on that too because some somebody came along and said, "Oh well, we don't need a we don't need to we don't need an inspection and here's cash." Oh God! And I'm there's I am never going to buy something without an inspection, but that's no. how it's going right now. Yeah. So I don't even. I mean, how stupid are people? <laughs> I know <laughs> they're buying it. I guess they're flipping it. I guess I don't know. They're in a, they're, a lot of those things are going to end up in a disaster. I think so. And I well, think that the way things are going. It can't go like this forever. No, it can't because something's going to fall down just like it did in 2009 and 10. It, right. it, something's going to fall. It, yeah. it's, there's going to be something back there in the lending zone that's going to be weird. Yeah. I mean, like I told you, you know, the interest rates are at an all-time low. We can't mm-hmm. we can't keep going on that. We right. can't. And, and everything's costs way more. And right. I don't understand so many people can't afford to buy now. I mean, we could never have afforded to buy if right. And my friends that want to buy right now, I feel really bad because they should have bought back when they decided to live together. They yeah. wanted to wait till after they got married. And um, so they, I mean, houses went up $200,000 while they dicked around and lived together and decided to get married. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and so now they they can't afford a house. They Both of them have like inheritance money. So they could pour all their inheritance in to buy a house. But why? that's terrible. Yeah, I'm always so fearful of not having liquid. And then putting everything into a home. I mean, that has not, in the end, that's not been a good thing for me. And I would not advise my children to do that. So right. if I'm and not coming gonna, up, it's got to go down. It can't keep going up. No, it can't. No. And I think that this whole thing with people having, do you know when we signed, this is weird, when we signed our paperwork for the refi, 
there was a COVID money amendment. Is it an addendment or an amendment? Addendum? Yes, that's it. I think so. It said we were not using any of our COVID money to purchase this or, but you know, we were refining, but you still you can, it was in there. Oh, you can do whatever you want with your fucking COVID money. Can you believe that? These uh, why would fucking, they not want people to buy a house with their COVID money? They said they didn't want people saving all their money to do that. Oh my God, because fuck then, them. Because then it looks like you, you can't. I asked the guy, the notary, I'm like, what? And he said, well, it's because it then people are just hoarding that money and buying something, but they're not really gaining money through normal means. Well, he's and, saying they're not putting money back into the economy in some way or something. Yeah, or no, they're really not. The mortgage company wants you to be able to have money oh. in oh, your to bank pay, account. to pay your mortgage. Yes. So if you've used that money to do whatever you're doing. Oh, it means you're, okay, so... You could use the money in your down payment or your cash payment or whatever, but you can't use it as part of your income to say that's how much money you earn. Right. Well, that makes sense. Well, no, you can't have you can't have used the money for the down payment either. That's that's I know stupid. I, I if you have the it. money, you have the money. I know, and it doesn't matter where you got it. You can but, you borrow know- money for your down payment. But you can or, only no, borrow you can, up to ten. No, 10, you can't 000. borrow it. You can get a gift. Right. You can get a well, gift. Well, see, but that's the same difference as having COVID money. That's if what I said. If you got a gift for your down payment, you yeah. didn't earn that. I know. I'm just like fuck them in the ass. Right. <laughs> <laughs> exactly right. I know. It was just one of those things where I'm like, my mind's spinning. And I was just I wanted to go on and I knew the guy wanted to get out of there, but I was just like Okay, this is stupid. Yeah. You know, you get to the point where you're, and this is, you, they totally (laughs) fatigue you with paperwork to the point where you don't care anymore. That's a good description, too. That's exactly right. It's awful. So I was ready to go. You know, I'm, I wasn't a fan of my mortgage representative. And so I was ready to be done. Yeah, when we refied this place, my guy sucked. And so I called up and just raised a bunch of hell and said, you know, this is a big deal to me. I'm a regular old person, and I need somebody who is going to work. This is their job. If I did my job the way this guy's doing his job, I'd be fired. Yeah. You know, I'm not suggesting you fire him. I'm just suggesting you only let him work with people who don't complain. (laughs) (laughs) Because then I'm not that person. <laughs> That's good. Because yeah. I had that same issue. I called and actually I got reprimanded by that person and said, yeah, and said that my personality for normal people that were working on my mortgage, they would just put my stuff at the end of the pile. But she would never do that. I wish I would be like, I hope this call's being recorded for training purposes <laughs> so we can discuss it with your supervisors. Well, I, I got to the point, to tell you the truth, I got to the point where I finally stopped talking. 
I stopped doing anything. And because all she kept raving about was her 30 years experience and her five-star review. So in my head, I just started writing that review. No shit. That that 4.7 review you have now. (laughs) (laughs) I know. Can't brag anymore. Right. Because I just got to the point where she was never going to take the blame for anything. Right. I had. Oh, we were just having that conversation about women who, who suck. Yeah, yeah. That's so. It's so sad because I really just want women to be so great. <laughs> I know, and to lift each other. But then you have there's just. I mean, just like men, there's so yeah. many different kinds of people, personalities. Yeah, it's awful. Well, and like the older I get, really. I wish I understood when I was younger that. I don't need the approval of people that I don't like. And my opinion counts more than theirs to me. Sure. You know, like, I don't like them. (laughs) (laughs) So I just will keep them at an arm's distance and, you know, just be cordial and just cut them out, you know. Yeah. I've gotten much better at that, of course. I, I spent my whole life chasing after people who didn't want me for the most part, you know. Until I got old enough to realize that, you know, didn't help me out. No. I've I've never been a person to do that. So I've always yeah. had my opinions. And if you don't like it, that's your problem, not mine. And that's probably why I have no friends. Oh. <laughs> you have me, Renee. You, and uh, you have friends. You have Melissa also. I have, have Melissa. Yeah. I have uh, I have yeah. a, few, a few, you know. Yeah. But you yeah. have good you have quality friends, not quantity friends. That's true. Plus you That's move around true. a lot. If you were more stationary, you'd probably have a better, you know, like posse or something. Yeah, see, I've never liked that. I had a friend that had this posse and she literally couldn't live without him. Like oh. she had horrible times and everything had to be wrapped around them. And she mm-hmm. kind of like was roping me into this whole club of hers that she yeah. had. And I was having none of it. <laughs> I think I have a really good, healthy group. Yeah. Like um, we don't see each other all the time or anything, but like s- some of them are from my high school days and childhood times. And then... I've got some that I met as I was growing older, and we all know each other, and we all hang out together intermittently or individually. That's great. And it works out. You know, I don't think there's many times when I'm like, oh, I want to have a gathering, and like, I have to worry that I don't have people to come to my gathering or something. (laughs) See? uh, Yeah. I would... I would have to worry about that. <laughs> no, you would invite me and I would bring a bunch of people. <laughs> yeah, because I wouldn't have anybody. Unless I go home to family. That's the only yeah, time. You've got fuckloads of family. I got lots of family. So then, yeah, then I'm okay. Oh, and we should give an update. Have you been going out uh, with the mask? I have. Speaking I've been wearing, no, I've been wearing the mask inside. Yeah. 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 Me too. Uh, grocery shopping, everything now. So how is Austin with that? I think that it's about 50-50 is what I'm seeing. I mean, I'm seeing maybe even more, maybe 70-30 people are wearing masks inside. Well, I have to tell you down here Mm -hmm. in Corpus, we're still in Texas, 
They are Nobody. wearing masks. Oh, they are. Oh my gosh! Yeah, because they're was fucking dying. Myself, like, oh yeah, I they're fucking dying. Yeah, we. I was going to the uh, Walmart, and I didn't even know Corpus Christi was like at the height of what it was, of mm-hmm. what it is, and what's happening. Um, and I just looked around, and I was like, "Oh my gosh, everybody is wearing a mask." And of course, I keep, I always have my bags. I don't use plastic bags but at the bottom of the bag was one of my masks and I was like I'm gonna wear that because I feel like if everybody in here is wearing a mask I'm gonna wear it absolutely and um I mean I'm not wearing masks outside because it's fucking hot and they say you don't have to wear it outside yeah and I'm not wearing it outside. I see people doing that, and I'm like, fuck you. I'm not doing that. But I will. the minute I go inside anywhere, I, I put it on. Yeah. And yeah. Th- our school districts, like, school just started. School started this week, this last right. week. I've got one school district, half their staff is out with COVID. Oh, my God. Like, fucking half. And I've got another school district that just said like 30% of their staff and students are testing positive for COVID. Like, it's just going to be rampant. It's just going to be fucking crazy. This is just the beginning. And now the CDC has said that we need to do those booster shots. I know, and I'm going to do them. I mean, of course. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm going to do it too. I mean, Charlotte went back to, so the kids in Charlotte, North Carolina, they, they went back to mask too, the mandate. Yeah. So it's important for Abby because she's in closed space with these, you know, with a lot of people and she's up in people's face. Yeah. Right. Well, you know, I have a front row seat. So what I do is special education law in this firm. But the rest of them, a bunch of them do general education law, which means I'm, I have a front row seat to the, lawsuits that are being filed against Greg Abbott about his uh, his ban on mask mandates. So, like a guy who used to work in our firm fought, started a nonprofit and filed uh, a lawsuit against Greg Abbott personally and against the, the government. Good. And um, there are uh, many lawsuits against Greg Abbott being filed by nonprofits and by, not by school districts per se, but by representatives of school districts. Well, between Greg Abbott and that Florida guy. Santis. Santis. Like, between those two, we're never going to get out of this. We're never going to get out of the fucking COVID if, if those two don't. Oh, they're never, they're never going to. What's going to happen is we're just going to have to sue the fuck out of them and force their hand where they don't have a choice. Right. And then they can say all day that it, it wasn't them. They didn't agree to it, you know, and then all their people, all their disgusting people will still like them. Yeah. You know, that's what they're trying to do. I mean, fuck Greg Abbott. He got COVID and he's going to the hospital and getting these $1,500 treatments. Right. That other people cannot afford. And then he's saying no masks. Fuck him. 
Well, he doesn't tell people that he had the vaccination. Then he doesn't tell them that he had the booster. And he doesn't tell them that he's been in the hospital getting all the treatments that are super expensive for the normal person. And he just says, I have COVID and I don't have, I don't have any symptoms. Yeah, he's lying. He's lying. You know, he needs to, something has to happen to him by nature. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, he's not going to let that. But you've got November coming, and people better get out there in hordes. There's just so many of them still. There's still so many of them, Renee. I know. They they still, you know, their family members die, and they still don't get it. Yeah, that blows my mind because I can tell you my other Melissa lost her father to COVID. Boy, she gets really angry at some of her family members who refuse vaccines and refuse masks and her and Kevin wear masks. And I mean, when it hits you, Mm -hmm. it's, it's going to devastate your life. So you can just sit there, and sometimes I want to be that evil person that says, okay, you don't want to get a vaccine, then you're the one that's going to die. Yeah, it's fair to have that fleeting thought. Right. But that is not the extent of it. No, it's not. They aren't just the, you know, it's, people are going to just spread it around. The Delta variant is going to just be the first scary thing because there's going to be other variants that are going to be more aggressive and less receptive to the uh, to the kind of vaccines and we're just going to have a covid that's right back the way it was from the beginning yeah and it's just going to kill six hundred thousand more people and these people that just make up shit like they're just making stuff up so that they don't have the have the vaccine wilson had this person he actually um, he didn't get them in trouble, but he made sure that people knew that they were spreading lies. Mm-hmm. And she had said something about, oh, the, there was three people that died on the plant and they were from COVID and they had been vaccinated. So only the vaccinated people are dying. And this bullshit, this is what she told him. Oh my God. And he's like, that's not true at all. Like, where are you hearing your stuff or whatever? And then he went and he told one of the safety people, he's just like, this person is saying this. And if this is true, I need to be not here on this job. And the guy said, that's not true. You know, yeah. like, what? Number one, that should not even have been let out. And and then, so then Wilson goes back over to that person and casually says, yeah, I said something to so-and-so about what you said. And he said that that wasn't true. And she just went, you know, like, "Uh Mm uh-oh. Yeah, because you knew you were fucking making that shit up. Because you were a liar. You're a liar. You wanted your opinion to be true. Agenda. So you made your agenda it agenda too. Your agenda. Exactly yeah. right. And so and that's what's happening. They're just making shit up. But on the other on the flip side of this, I have to say, you know, okay, and I gotta figure out how to talk about things without like 
making it clear who I'm talking about. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So say you're in a workplace where one of the employees doesn't get vaccinated and it comes out, you know, that he doesn't make it, uh, doesn't keep it a secret or anything. He's being honest about it. Right. And then his boss is uh, very pro-vaccination. But his boss is also not a very good person, I guess, you know, because the way his boss deals with that isn't by um, confronting him directly about it or discussing it or finding or saying, okay, you're going to work from home or making a plan for it. His boss treats him like a pariah and a leper and is demeaning and mean to him. Because he chose not to get vaccinated. Well, here's the deal. This company can make a fucking rule that you have to be vaccinated not to work here. And if you do that, then you have a cut and dry situation. That person won't be here or they'll get vaccinated. But you can't fucking say they have a choice. And then when they make the choice that they make, treat them like shit. That should become a a thing you can sue about. Yeah. It's a it's going to be an equal it's equal opportunity employment issue. Absolutely. And it should be. You know, I don't like if people they who have don't want to get that and said it's a you know, it's a choice. And that's where choice. you Yeah. If they say it's a choice. Right. If 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 they don't want people to make that choice then they have to make a, a boundaries where it can't be the choice that somebody makes. Right. But if they allow that choice then they can't discriminate against that employee for making that choice. Right. No, you know, you're and right I don't about agree that. with the choice that the employee made either. But but as their employer, they have a duty to them to treat them fairly and equally to other employees right, based because on the rules that are set up for everyone. Exactly. Because if they are the employer, then they have made those rules. You should have not made that rule. Right. If that's you how shouldn't you were allow behave. people that aren't vaccinated to come to work. Right. And so, you know, it's funny because here I am so opposed to anti vaxxers. I mean, I'm so opposed to them. But I could fight that fight for that person. Yeah. Because it's it's discrimination in that situation. And I can see where their point of view is about it. Uh, I, I can't understand why they aren't getting vaccinated. Clearly, they haven't lost a loved one. Right. You know. Well, this is your your bottom line is uh, equal equal opportunity. Equal. It is. Everybody needs to be equal. Period. The end. That is in your mindset. It always and has been. Right. It doesn't. Yeah, and it always has been. Everybody needs to be the same. Doesn't matter. And, that, and that's where that whole thing comes in. Even if you feel discriminated upon you're not going to discriminate too right and that's it's true a point yeah so. that's true and everybody's not like that clearly no, no they're not and they're that not. person who's discriminating sides. against that employee is also a democrat and i have to say i do not like there's a lot of democrats i do not like yeah <laughs> <laughs> i hope that's clear i don't think yeah yeah well yeah because I, because Democrat isn't a personality. That's not yeah. a personality. It's a trait, but it's not a personality. Right. Or even 
Or even um, values. Yeah. You know, clearly there can be a lot of, of other Democrats that do not share my values. Yeah. And that's really sad. Well, I mean, I we might not share these values, this the Afghan thing, Afghanistan right. okay. thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, that thing is, I feel like the media is being very sway with that. Yeah, I do. So you think they're um, talking shit about Joe, and that that really they shouldn't be? Is that what you think? No, I'm thinking that they are saying, "Oh, poor, sad Afghan. Look at these children, and they're they're purposely doing all these things to make it look like, or not even to make it look like, but to sway feelings." Uh huh. Does that make sense? I, they're making it to look, I mean, as if Fox News doesn't do that the other way. But I'm saying. I think saying, they always do that. They, they all always do that. And it fucking sucks. This is overkill on this Afghan thing. One of the people that I've listened to about this issue, uh, who is a media personality, is Brianna Keeler. Are you familiar with her? No. Okay. She's on New Day, which is on uh, CNN in the morning. It's the morning show for CNN. And she's new. It used to be Allison Camerata, and now it's, uh, uh, what's her name? Keeley. Okay. Rihanna Keeley. Mm-hmm. And um, her whole family is military. And her husband was in Afghanistan. So she, and like, I mean, she has multiple family members that worked in Afghanistan at different levels. And so her feeling has been, you know, she's been very outspoken. She isn't, she isn't riding the wave in whatever direction somebody else wants her to. She has firm opinions about this. And um, her thing is that, and it's what the media has been saying partly that I agree with, is that they yanked out of there and they didn't prepare a plan for the all the people who gave their time and energy and allegiance to the Americans to assist them while they were there for 20 fucking years. They pulled the Americans out, left those people there. They're going to get killed. The people who were, um, the people who were, uh, the translators and the people who worked for the American government guides, um, people, anybody who worked for them or helped them while they were there. 20 years. That's a long time to build up a group of people who help you when you, as a job, you give them jobs. So they had jobs with the Americans. Now they've been abandoned there or they've been taken and out and brought to America. Well, the Taliban's going to kill their whole fucking family. Right. So they're safe, but their sister and their sister's kids and their fucking mom and their dad are all going to get killed by the Taliban because they work for the Americans. Well, this is the thing. Like, where, when does it stop? When do we stop fighting this war for them? Well, I think we stop. I agree with stopping. But the problem is that you can't stop and pretend like you never went there. You know, we created 20 fucking years of a situation. And if, it, because we made a choice to go in and, and be involved in that. And involve them in that, you know, and be the leader. And be the person who is going to show them what democracy looks like. And try to help them improve themselves. And now we're saying, well, they didn't want to improve themselves. Well, that may be true about the government, but it's certainly not fucking true about all the people who worked for us while we were over there. 
They definitely wanted to improve themselves. Those women and girls went to fucking school for 20 years. Right. Now they can't go to school. Yeah, but they would never transition. That's the problem. They, They were never transitioning into getting into doing the things that they needed to do for themselves. Well, then we should have left a long time ago. Right. And not stayed there all this time. But think about it. Like, just put yourself in the situation of a young woman who is 20 years old. And the only thing she's ever known is her parents worked for the American government in Afghanistan. She went to elementary school Middle school, high school, she's already gone to a year of college. Say that's the situation. Right. And suddenly, she's never known in her whole life, you know. She doesn't know what it was like before. Right. She has no idea. And now suddenly, she's plunged into having to wear a full burqa, not being allowed to drive, not being allowed to go to school. If If she... does whatever she can get killed, you know, all kinds right. of shit she can do to get killed. Right. Oh, yeah, the women aren't even on the streets anymore. Well, just yeah, just the fact that her dad worked for the for the Americans means she could get killed, right? You know, and I have empathy for those fucking people. It is not their fault. It maybe it's their government's fault. It, I have empathy for it. I absolutely mm-hmm. have empathy for it, but we didn't we did not start this pullout the last the every oh, Trump. administration Trump, before, they all started it right they all, they all talked about it there. they've all done it they've all been trying yeah. to get out of it i think we did it wrong we yeah we did it wrong we should have been figuring out who needed to get out and make a fucking list of who we're going to get out before this even fucking started physically or it was announced. It shouldn't even right, have been announced, announced right. until they everyone was They should have already been getting people in the right places, putting things where they needed to be, right. figuring out how to create roots for the people who we have to protect who helped us all this time. Show our allegiance to people who put themselves on the line for us. When you are a superpower in the world and you're going to go around and, and fucking put yourself out there like you're this big superpower... You have responsibilities to people. That's how I feel. Yeah. And um, and it's like saying, we're just going to take our toys and go home. Like a big fucking baby. <laughs> you know? And uh, that's not the way it works. You can't no. be a superpower if that's the way you behave. You don't get it both ways. Well, we need to, we should have figured out, and that's where I'm at with that. Like, I still feel like... And I knew we wouldn't agree on this, but I still feel like, yeah, we needed to get out of this. We need to be done. I agree. I agree we should get out of it. It, What do you think is going to happen, though, Renee? Yeah. What do you think is going to happen because of the way we did it? Oh, it's just going to fall. I mean, it's already fallen. That, it is that's fallen. That's happened. But it's, it's just like Saigon. I mean, I lived through that. In the And when we pulled out of Vietnam, when you... I don't know if you remember it, but I mean, pulling out of Vietnam was the exact same thing. It's almost never going to be easy. Oh, I agree. I totally agree. Well, on two fronts, I'm concerned. On the front of the people that I just talked about that we have we have responsibility towards, that we're not living up to our duty. You know, I have a problem with those. And then I also have a problem with, uh, you know, 
we're going to get bombed. We're going to start getting bombed again. The Taliban is very organized. Yeah, They're much more powerful and more organized than we thought they were. They're way more organized than white supremacists in America. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. And, yeah. you know, I've always been surprised well, how many... way more um, experience. They have way more technology. They and have... they're living. It's their religion. Exactly. I mean, they are living for that shit their whole life. Yeah. Lots of them. And so they're going to take over, and the next thing that's going to happen is more 9-11s, because that is their fucking goal, is to kill the Western world. To tell you the truth, that has been in my back of my mind. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, that's going to happen. That is the evolution of what has happened, in my mind. We're going to have more 9-11s. Look out. Don't live in a big city. Move yeah. to the fucking country. Don't Ugh. live near D.C. <laughs> I know. Don't live near the main capital city or, or highly producing city anywhere. Yeah. No, you're right about that. You absolutely are right about that. Unless we... Well, I mean, I did see something on the news about that. Like, they said that our intelligence is better than it was before pre-9-11. We know more. All of you that. You don't think Trump fucked that up, though? Oh, yeah. I mean, everything that Trump did for four years totally fucked that up. Like, we're, we've got... Ma- I, don't th- I think that's uh, naive to think that, that our intelligence could be... I think, what it should be. I think Joe Trump. was naive in this pulling this out. I think so too. And you know, it's sad. It's not no president should be judged by one thing they did. I mean, it should be right. the totality of their of what they've contributed, yeah. you know, to, that should be considered and hopefully it will be because he's already done a lot and hopefully he will do better with this He's kind of fallen down on COVID, too. He needs to be more aggressive and stronger about a lot of several things. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And he's trying well, to be was... aggressive and strong about Afghanistan and not about COVID. I'm like, you got those two things fucked up, buddy. Switch, yeah. Flop them. Yeah, <laughs> flop them. But, I mean, it's been, it's been a difficult transition when you're just picking up a mess. And he's got so many messes and so many fires and it's yeah. got to be uh, overwhelming and terrible overwhelming but he well, knew what he was getting into that's why he has a good staff and you know he's that's the job you know it he wanted the job. the job that's the job he needs to fucking do it and he's old <laughs> i know this, this is, is gonna the same thing him. i would like, say he before he got be, elected yeah his legacy that that's going to be Wow, he's gonna. It be should already gone. be his legacy because he's so fucking old. <laughs> but you know, I mean, I want him to be successful, uh, yeah. obviously, and he is so much better than Trump. I mean, when you talk about taking the totality of somebody's somebody's contributions, oh my god! If we looked at the that totality montage? of Trump's contributions, that's enough fuck ups for the entire history of the United States, in my opinion. <laughs> it was. It's a, Oh, my God. You know, I know Pelosi said it, but he, she's so right to have said this was like this stain, just a oh, blip yeah. on our screen that was just a bad, bad stain, and yeah. it needs to move on. It's like we hiccuped. We just fucked up bad. He's halitosis. Yeah. 
<laughs> Ew. He's so gross. Like, I mean, so I think of all the worst words. He's so disgusting. He is. And, uh, you know, all these people think yeah. he's going to come back in 2024. Yeah, whatever. I don't think it's going to happen this time. I, sure I think hope not. I think we're too strong. We've learned that we can defeat him and his kind. And well, I don't know about his kind. Let's see. We're trying. Let's I mean, just not say in Texas, we're trying. Not in no. Florida. No. Well, that's who we're going to have for the rest of our be, lives. It feels like. <laughs> you'd be surprised at how many people Wilson and I have met here lately that are you know, not pro-Trump. Well, that's good. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I think, I mean, I pray so much that we can vote Abbott out. I just pray so much for that. I know. You guys need it. I know. That needs to be hit hard. God. Really, really hard. I don't. I'll count. I'll, I'll give money. I (laughs) I mean, I'll do whatever. I'm so mad. I'll give money. Uh (laughs) (laughs) All right. Let's get started. Okay. All right. Uh, All right. America, why do we produce so many serial killers? The United States has three times more serial killers per capita than any other country in the world and has produced 67% of the known serial killers in the world. Yeah. Is that insane? That is insane. I sent you this, and I was like, she's going to like this. Oh, I, because, of course I am. Oh I mean, I started, gosh. of course I did some homework because I am interested in it so much. It's, it's crazy. The staggering figure of 3,204 uh, two, serial killers. That's 19 times more serial killers than the next country on the list, which is England. Yeah, and England has some doozies they have the ones that like started this shit off yeah <laughs> you know it's true they're the ones where like the well, actually that's where Jack the, the name came and... from is what they used to call oh yeah yeah they used to call them um serial no they used to call them murder in serial oh uh-huh yeah and so this the FBI agent profiler yeah. in the 70s started calling it serial killer. Yeah, what was that show on Netflix that's Manhunter? Is that what it's called? I don't know. I I haven't seen it. Oh my god, it's so good. It's got two seasons. And it is about it's it is a fictional version, but it's based on the true scenario of oh, really? the FBI profilers that came along and um and no, this one's in America. This one's in the United States, so um, they're American. Oh, but the the FBI profilers that came along and uh, like it started out when they were realizing that the particular killer was uh, serial. They wanted to use the term serial, you know, and they wanted to say he had a pattern of behavior based on certain telltale signs about his his uh, mental health and, you know, all these different things. And then they went from multi-killer to multi-killer and started likening the the issues that these people had. You know, Finding the, the common denominator the, in, the, right. in each one. Yeah. And started wanting to do reports about it. And, and, and the FBI was like, this is not what we paid you to do. <laughs> and they're like, but this is what needs to be done. And so they just right. kept fighting to do it. And they kept 
bucking the system and going and visiting with these different killers. And then, um, and then, yeah, they ended up making them a, a whole department. Really? And giving, yeah, and giving them uh, the credit for what they've learned. And you know, they were able to predict things that were going to happen. And they did happen. And then the, you know, like they'd see a killer and they'd be like, this is going to keep happening. You know, like we've seen four killings. We feel we can attribute to the same person who we haven't found yet. But these are the things we know about that. And wow. we are predicting that more will happen and then more happened. And then the FBI had to give them the credit for that. Well, good. Yeah. Because profilers, if we didn't have profilers, we probably wouldn't be able to catch uh, 90% of these guys. Right. Because it, it, that's the world. Like, I mean, they, our world is so transient. You can just kill people and move on. Yeah. Like that's one of the things. Polit but politicians are saying, okay, so we are the number one in the world. Right, yeah. number one in the world for serial killers. <laughs> it's like the it's like one of the main things we're number one at. <laughs> I, know, I know it is, and by far, like it. This isn't even oh, we're ahead of the game a little bit. No, we are, uh, you know, over the moon far from yeah. the next one. And a lot of people say it's because we document better. We're better at gathering the data. Oh well, yeah. that's because they don't want to admit that we suck. Well, true. I'm. I. I. <laughs> I was saying. Okay, so we're better at gathering the data, and if we stopped gathering the data, we would have less. Like that's kind of like saying stop counting the ballots, so it looks yeah. like we won. Right. That's what. <laughs> yeah. Let's just don't talk about it, and then it won't be true. Right. <laughs> exactly. I'm just, no. I mean, we have the saturation of the media coverage on it. That We we do have that. And the obsession with violence throughout the United States, I think, that, you know, that there's this obsession with violence in video games and the media obsesses over serial killers. By right. you know, by far, how many shows on Netflix are there about serial killers? Oh my God! I mean, because we were going to do this show, I started. I just typed into my Roku search "serial killer" and popped up. First, I watched um, a show, Lisa Ling's show called I think it's called Taking Lives or no, it's not. Anyway, it's Lisa Ling's series that's mm -hmm. on um, Amazon. I think it's on Amazon. Anyway, she is her show's so good. It's like mini documentaries about a thousand different things, and uh, she does it really well. And you know, stupid reenactments are dumb bullshit in her show. <laughs> and um, so she, so she did one that was an interview with two children of serial killers. Oh wow! So it was just. I mean, there's endless shit to talk about because you could talk to the people who survived the serial killers. You could talk to the families of the silly serial killers. You could talk to the families of the people who got killed by the serial killers. Right. You know I mean? <laughs> There's an endless amount of interesting shit to talk about when it comes right. to that. Right. It. You're right. 
I mean, it's tr- it's true, and that and that's why I think people get obsessive with it. You know, sure, and, and it's it's something like you can suspend your disbelief. So, like, it's not something that you deal with in your normal life. Most people, right? And so, it's just undoubtedly uh, something that is very interesting to a lot of people. Well, that's the thing that. Well, that's the thing that really kind of. The more media obsessed about these past killers. Now, this is what gets to me is like, is this more likely to breed the future ones? I mean, are we teaching people that are susceptible to this how to do it better? No. No. The reason why people are serial killers is because they're, um, because they're psychopaths. Or their um, they their um, what's the word that's also like that that means you have no empathy and no um, like you have chromosomal problems. Psycho uh, psychopath, sociopath, sociopath. Yeah. So they have there is a chemical uh, genetic issue a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. Not not all the time, of course, but a lot of the time, and. Um, so I don't think that you can do anything about that. The thing they've learned from studying uh, serial killers is that they harm animals when they're young. They have behaviors that appear. Oh, yeah. That are inevitable for the most right. part. And if you watch, if you catch them and you can recognize them and, and acknowledge them and not pretend like they're not happening <laughs> because right. nobody wants to think their kid's a fucking serial killer. Exactly right. I mean, if you want to get into that, like, it, it is the disturbed childhood that makes a serial killer. You know it. It no. It fans the flame. Oh of yeah. Somebody that already yeah. has, or may have a psycho, a psychiatric disorder. Yeah, they have a psychiatric I, I agree with that. Disorder. It's fuel for the fire. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, then you have. What is it that um, there was this study, and I had it. Hold on a second. Okay, there's this doctor in New York that's done a study on this, and she says a murderer is a lethal combination of childhood abuse, neurological disturbances, and psychiatric illness. So, I but I would put them in a different order. I would put psychiatric illness first because. I don't think that if you, I don't think that people who have healthy brains, um, normal brains, I think even if they're abused, I don't think they become serial killers. I mean, they may become a murderer who kills a person right? sometime out of, you know, uh, maybe being on dope and being with the wrong people and being in a gang or, you know, whatever, because of their emotional uh, trauma and mm-hmm. maybe they get in with a gang because right. they need a family, you know, or whatever we, you know, there's all kinds of different scenarios like that right. where I believe a person could end up killing someone, but they would feel remorse. You right. know, they would, they would have troubles because they had done that act. But serial killers are people who do not have, uh, uh, so they don't suffer from 
No, they, did. they have that's it, no, and I agree that you have the you have the psychological disorder to start with, and if right. parents would look those up, I mean, mm-hmm. you've got also you've got bedwetting, aggression, hurting animals, violence, antisocial behavior, early promiscuity, voyeurism, manipulation, and callousness. I mean, extreme fantasies. All these things. That parents don't look, they, they, they turn their head. Well, I think sometimes they don't. Like, look what I do for a living, and I watch these kids, and I told you before, you know, I'm watching serial killers in the making. These parents are doing everything in their fucking power to try to find help. But their kid has, like, gotten to puberty or something. Right. They've always known, you know, their kid got kicked out of preschool. Their kid got kicked out of elementary school. The whole time they've been struggling. They try have to work their jobs in order to pay their bills. They've got this fucked up kid. This kid has started assaulting them. You right. know, has not has a knife and looks like he's going to stab them. You know, they've called the police. They've called the oh, over and over again. You know, there's no solution for them. Right. What do they do? Yeah. They don't have a lot of money. You know, I mean, they could stop having kids for sure. Yeah, uh, you know, or I mean, I just, sometimes it's just you know that child who has yeah. this disorder that yeah. needs to be, and that, and I, you know, I did say think about this of the of the doctors that refuse to diagnose children because they're afraid it's going right. to follow them the rest of their lives. Yeah, I'm fearful about that too. Yeah, I see every side. Right, right, of course. Yeah. And I just think that, I mean, these children are fall, these children, or even back, I mean, in the heyday of the serial killer, which I, I'm claiming is probably what? The, I'm thinking the 70s, yeah. 80s. When kind hitchhiking of was still. When hitchhiking was still life, there. You know? Yeah, because, and when people, when people were, not afraid to get in somebody else's car. Yeah. All of that wasn't available to us. Like, you just did it. You know? You just did it. Right. And then people were disappearing. And then people were being found murdered. And then, so then you evolve into not doing that. And then, we, you know, and yeah. then, so then the serial killer evolves into um, picking up hookers. and right. Or... You know, sex And workers. sometimes they did anyway because of their sexual proclivities or whatever. True. Or because they they were intelligent and they knew that that was how they would be able to get away with it. Right. Was to pick people who weren't, who didn't count in society. Yeah. Nobody was looking for. Right. The marginalized yeah. people were, right. were picked on next yeah. because people got smarter about it. And right. you, Or, you know... You got home security systems. People got home, you know, because if you're looking at the Night Stalker or the Golden Gate murderer, they just went into your house. Right. But then... BTK. Yeah. BTK went in your house. And then people just started getting security systems. And that got more... And dogs. (laughs) And dogs. (laughs) Yeah. Well, you know, it's interesting because I, I feel like almost every serial killer had there was a sexual element almost everyone i mean it's pretty rare to have 
a serial killer who, who wasn't getting some kind of sexual gratification from the act of killing. Yeah. And um, even if it wasn't like ejaculation or intercourse or, you know, like, like, but there would be something that, that was for them kind of motivated by, by sex of, in some way. Right. And so, you know, you have to watch kids around puberty. That's around the time when you have to be really cognizant of what their behavior changes into. Unless they've been sexually abused as younger children. Right. Well, and like, so I think women are so different from men when it comes to looking at serial killers. Most of the time, women are separate from men. Right. And like, like Eileen Warnos, who was a hooker who killed her Johns, you know? I mean, she just lost her fucking mind because she was so fucking uh, abused and hurt and ongoingly victimized by these different men. Right. And then finally she just decided to fucking kill him and rob him. Yeah, she you know, went to, she went, she probably would not have been one of those people. Right. That would have kept doing that unless she right. had been, if she had not been so abused. Right. I, I see, I agree. And so I think that there's a different uh, application to women than men. Oh, absolutely. And we're going to talk about that next week because we have, there's so much going on on this that mm -hmm. I, I had to put in a part two. Oh, good. <laughs> That's so exciting. Yeah. Well, and I have stuff I want to talk about next time too about women because I've got lots of opinions and thoughts about that. But well, well, that would be well. We're going to do that next week. But uh -huh. right now, you were talking about the population. I mean, the um, what causes and effect. And I wanted to go into why America in general, specifically, actually not in general, but specifically why. Are we creating these guys and gals, but mostly guys? And I, I mean, we've got populate. We're very, very populated. Very uh -huh, populated. That's true. Um, yeah. We also the size of the country. We're the fourth yeah. largest Large, in the world. Yeah. So you can get lost really easily. Yeah. You know, you can do what you need to do and move to another state, and before you know it. You know, not not so much now with all of the high tech. You know, we're more we're more state to state than we used to be. Right. Yeah. Like you can. There's a DNA bank that's federal, as opposed to, you know, if if your fingerprints or your blood or whatever get put into the database. Yeah. It's going to be able to be accessed by every state in the United States now. Yeah. Which. They're fucked a little bit. On that. I know. That's what I mean. Like, well, I think is that why we have this curve of of from the eighties going down because so. of the technology, which I hope that's why. I think so. But they're not including serial killers. Like, what I find interesting is in the lists that I looked up of serial killers, I don't see the Las Vegas shooter. Well, he's a serial killer. I mean, he may have killed them all on the same day, but he killed, what was it, 20-something people and injured however many. I don't think that they are putting, I don't think they put mass shooters 
in the same category as well, serial they killers. Should. They should they lump should. them right into serial killers because their intention is to murder multiple people. Right. It is not a one shot. I well, that's not what I meant. <laughs> but it is yeah. not it is not. It is not a one shot. No, it's, it's not. It's not a one but uh, victim crime. If you uh, so investigate like a regular I say regular, but a person that is a serial killer, okay? <laughs> a regular serial killer. Do you killer. think that a serial killer <laughs> at that do you think that they feel anything in between? Because you have that one serial killer, and I can't remember who it is. Um, Describe. Who stopped doing it and then did it again like 20 years, years later. later. Yeah. Well, I think what it is is that, like, is it, am I remembering correctly that it's somebody who, like, had a child and uh, wanted to just stop for yes. while he was raising his child? Yeah. Well, um, I think that sometimes they can be motivi- motivated by things outside of their compulsion, um, which, I mean, it depends on how intellectual, how, um, how high their IQ is, I would think. I mean, maybe their IQ is high enough and they're intelligent enough that they can control themselves to some degree. Right. You know, but then he clearly couldn't control himself forever. I mean, he started doing it again. Right. Because it's like, it's, I, they need to do more studies about it. But to me, it's, it's very similar to pedophilia. You know, pedophiles are attracted to children. That is not a normal fucking thing. Right. It is an uh, an aberration and it is something they can't help. Yeah. Um so they have to be chemically altered to keep them from you have to give them some kind of dope or something to keep them from get being able to get an erection or something, you know. Oh yeah, yeah. I yeah. mean absolutely. It's they they repeat offend. They always repeat offend. Right, it's something neuro- neurological. Yes, right. it, it, that's what I mean about the um, serial killers being like right. that. I mean, you put this whole perfect storm of trauma in one person. I mean, I don't think we're just, I don't think they're born that way. I think they're born with psychiatric problems, period. Right, but then... Well, I mean, how, and then you, if that's not true, then why would so many of them start out with, like, killing cats or killing animals? Well, I did see this. Okay, so you know how we said that it was from the big, you know, the big height of it was this, um, late 70s, early 80s? These are kids that all grew up with, and they did a study. There was, like, a, I can't remember the, hold on a second. Um, it's trying to remember the the ones but anyway they did this study and they found a common thread and the common thread was they were raised by parents of war that came home from PTSD and were physically and mentally abusive to the children when they got home to to their mothers they saw their mothers um, being abused, they saw, um, yeah, or they were common. abused themselves. So I'm trying to think of all of. A lot of them have parents that had psychiatric problems. Clearly, right? right? So right. like Kemper, 
which was one of the first studied serial killers in the United States. I only know this from watching documentaries and stuff. He, um, his mother, he had a very uh, weird relationship with his mother. She was extremely abusive to him, um, but also he he hated her. But I think also he was attracted to her in some right. way. Is she the one that sexually molested him too? I believe, yes, yeah, she sexually molested him. Okay. And then he wanted to like fuck her neck, I think, cut her head off and fuck her neck or some weird thing, right? Ew. Like, and he had a thing about shoes because she had a thing about shoes. You know, so like it, it, a lot of his proclivities came directly from his mother. Right. But his psychiatric abnormality was there. And that's what made him susceptible to what his, you know, to have that reaction to what his mother did to him. Because every right. kid who gets molested by their mother doesn't turn into a serial killer. Right. And every ch person that survives child abuse doesn't, it doesn't become a serial killer or, an abuser. or a killer at all. Right. So I looked up the definition of serial killer real quick because um, I was thinking about what I was arguing about, about mass shooters. <laughs> And it says, a serial killer is typically a person who murders three or more people, usually in service of abnormal psych psychological gratification, with the murders taking place over more than a month and including a significant period of time between them. So that X's out mass shooters. Mass shooters. Yeah. Right. I mean, I can see that. That's why I think that I think that a serial killer... A serial <laughs> killer... Helter is, Helter. Helter <laughs> is more of someone I feel like they cultivate it like they make they may start out murdering or raping and then move to a more abusive type of and they say that they escalate they escalate yeah they their, escalate right it gives them a gratification and then after a while it's not enough they want a, a more exciting gratification yeah which, you know, I mean, that makes sense about, that's true about all kinds of different things, right? Yeah. Well, that's true. I mean, it's almost like, I know it's, it, this is just gothically wrong, but it's, it's like people get better at something the more they yeah. do it. So they're going to, you know, put, put their own spin on things or I don't make think that's it wrong at all. I think Ugh. that's absolutely, it just makes perfect sense. Like if you think of it, as it's their job. Yeah. It is what they're compelled to do. It is important to them. It is something that they want to be able to continue doing. Right. And so, yeah, they have to get better at it and figure out how to be able to be successful. I did read that. Okay, so John Wayne Gacy, Jeffrey Dahmer, Ted Bundy, the BTK killer, yeah. Night Stalker, um, all of these they have one thing in common was that they had per, had their personality and their compulsions had already been developed by the time they were 14. Like people oh, yeah. already saw problems. Right. And a lot of men, period, their whole personality is developed by the time they're 14. It's really hard to change somebody by the time they're that age. Yeah. And like, how much do you pay attention? I mean, first off, 
you know, most of them are, are socialized enough that they know that they have to hide these proclivities, that well, they're not true. acceptable or normal. Yeah. You know, they'll do some things in kindergarten that people will say, oh, my God, Joey, yeah. you're going to get a spanking <laughs> for that. Don't you ever do that. You know right. what I mean? And then yeah. they realize, oh, God, that's not acceptable, so I shouldn't show people that I do that. Right. And then right. they, you know, as they grow up, they they explore those things in private. Like the Jeffrey Dahmer um, documentary that I watched. I mean, he was killing animals in the woods and dissecting them. And, you know, like they got to be bigger and bigger animals. And he was hiding that. I think he showed like one kid because he thought that kid would be his friend and that kid like told somebody and so he knew right that he couldn't right. share that shit true and then, but he still had to do it he still wanted to do it so he still did it and then he hit puberty and he wanted to fuck things too <laughs> he wanted to fuck him and kill him ew you know yeah yeah i mean that's true it became more about sex than killing at that point or it was or, just a, that combination. Right. Yep. Got in their head. Like, and it might have oh. been for a while it was more about sex because a lot of the times when these guys hit puberty, they have a few run-ins where they, where they assault a woman and the, maybe they rape the woman or maybe they phys sexually assault them in some way. Yeah. And then the woman gets away and they don't kill them, right? Because they didn't right. kill them. But then they realize, okay, they got to kill him because they're going to get caught. Yeah. So that happens a lot. Yeah. That they, that they evolve to killing because the sexual thing that they're trying to get away with, they're going to leave a witness and then they're going to go to prison. And then they find so that they get off the kill on right. killing it. Right. So it just evolves evolves into yeah. this i don't know how these profiles so weird do to it. think about the <laughs> psychology of that and to be able to kind of understand it on some level and see see the pattern and why it makes yeah. sense as right. opposed to uh, not you know doesn't make sense morally or emotionally to me you know it just makes sense logistically right yeah you know. yeah there i have a quote from this fbi profiler that I was reading about, um, it says genetics load the gun, their psychology aims it and their experiences pull the trigger. Oh, that is so perfect. That makes sense. That is it, exactly what I feel. Right. It's exactly what yeah. happens. Cause the more they're experienced. Yeah. The more yeah. they're experiencing it, the more it's happening, the more they keep loading that gun, they keep pulling that trigger. Well, but I don't think that's true about women a lot of the time. I think that's true about oh, no. men all the time. But I, a lot of the time, I don't think it's true about the women. But not to say that women aren't evil. No. I mean, there are some evil fucking women. Well, you, you have mental illness in both, in both sexes. Yeah. So it, I, it all depends on your level of mental illness. I mean, some people right. have just the psychotic brain. Yeah, and women are normally not as sexually motivated as men either. No. 
No, because women are it's a, more it's often invasive. motivated by money. You're not the. You're more of the gatherer. You're not the hunter. You know, right. women just aren't. It's not in their DNA to be a to be a hunter. It's more in their DNA to be a gatherer, and like, I mean, we'll go into that next week. But that's, I mean, more more serial killers are a uh, women serial killers are, are gatherers, and right. that's why so they, it's not and sexually they kill motivating. children or they kill husbands or it's more personal, and they also and, justify it. Yeah. You know, they also justify it. Like, and I think you don't think men justify it. No, I don't think male. I, I've watched one of these. <laughs> we've watched so many of these documentaries, right? Well, right. I watched this one, and the guy he it's one of the ones where they just do these uh jailhouse interviews with them, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, even Ted Bunny Bundy's um jailhouse interview, he's just like shrugging, going, I you know. It's they get in the car. If if they get in the car, <laughs> know, that's their problem. Right. You know, like I yep, they I set their it fate. up. Yeah, it's to them. It's trap and hunt, hunt and trap, and they got their prey, so they get to do whatever they want. Does that make you know what I'm yeah. saying? Like that's I think that males feel that way. I feel like that they if they if they're legitimately get these people then they feel like okay they get to do whatever they want with it well i'm gonna share two personal things um so once i got into so i had had foot surgery and i was like what was i like 18 i guess i was 18 years old i lived in my own apartment at the time and um i wanted to go i didn't have a car either and I wanted to go do something, but I had had foot surgery. But I decided I was going to walk because I was stupid <laughs> and uh, <laughs> young and stupid. So I decided I was going to walk. And uh, even though I'd had foot surgery, I had a boot, right? Right. So I was walking. And uh, after, I don't know, a couple miles or something, I was like, fuck, I can't do this. I don't know what the hell I was thinking. And I was so far in like a couple miles, like if I turned around and went back, it was really far too, you know? So this guy pulled over and offered me a ride right at the time when I was feeling very worried about this. So I got in his car and he put his hand on my leg after uh, like a minute or something. And I could tell like I wasn't going to get to have a choice about it. Like Ugh. he was, it was clear, you know? And so I acted like I was agreeable to that. Like I was like, oh yeah, you know, like I, and then I said, hey, you know, I, I have a friend who has some cocaine <laughs> and I was going to go over there and get some and they have pot and cocaine. They also have ecstasy. I told him, and, um, I, if we can go over to his house, I could get some and we could do some drugs together. And uh, that guy said, oh, okay, you know. And so I was like, oh, and I knew there was a street coming up that he'd have to slow down a lot because it was a real sharp turn. So I said, just turn over here on this street, whatever. And when he made the turn, I jumped out of the car. Oh, while my I was God. Moving with my fucked up foot. 
rolled on the fucking pavement, right? And uh, but he kept going, <laughs> and I did not get raped, <laughs> which was good, right? Just another instance where I just barely got out. You know, Melissa. I know it happened. I didn't tell many. I haven't told many people about it, but it was pretty fucking scary, you know. Yeah. And I got banged up, and I never got. I can't say I never got in a man's car that I didn't know again, but I didn't ever hitchhike. Yeah. You know, and um, so when I was very little, when I was like, you know, my mom was pretty, uh, my mom wasn't very, uh, trying to find a really nice way to say this. Attentive? She wasn't emotionally or, uh, she evolved. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) She didn't have good boundaries or she hadn't been brought up to, know how to be a mom because her mom wasn't a mom to her really. So anyway, and my mom was like a very hippie free spirit kind of a chick. And so she would hitchhike with me and I was little, like four or five, something like that. And, um, she would tell me like when the car pulls over to, to pick us up, you decide whether we get in Missy. Oh, uh, because you're a little kid, and kids have a better sense of whether people are good or bad. <laughs> Which was so fucked up when I look back on that. I'm like, like all of the responsibility of whether we were going to be okay was completely on me when I was like this tiny little kid. But I do know that there was at least one time where I said, I don't want to get in this car. And then we didn't. And then wow. that car went. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but I know that was like terrible parenting. <laughs> terrible parenting 101. Yeah. Whatever you do, yeah. don't hitchhike with your kid, number one. <laughs> number two, <laughs> don't make it your kid's responsibility to decide what car you're going to get in if you're going to hitchhike. <laughs> right. Oh, I mean, I I can't believe, I mean, I, I grew up in the, 70s 80s and we didn't even know about serial killers for sure and we did jump in people's cars that we did not know yeah Uh, it just was a thing that you didn't even think about you just needed a ride you just needed a ride or whatever or you were somewhere and oh he's going that way you go that way right i mean i i got in cars with guys i met like lots of times, you know, yeah. I was, I had a promiscuous youth and well, I definitely did things that weren't safe a lot. So I, I look think, back on I that. I mean, and, back on, back then you did, you just did things that were not safe. I yeah. still remember going across the country with my aunt because my mom didn't have the money for airfare and I had to get back to Arizona um, for the school year. Right. So uh-huh. I had to go with my aunt who, it was a lot like your mom. Yeah. Okay. She just didn't get it. Um, yeah. And I still, to this day, hate New Mexico. And it's because our car broke down in New Mexico. And it was fucking August. And we were out in the desert. <laughs> yeah. And she told me that, and now I was a 16-year-old girl, and she was... A stripper at the time. Uh, 
So <laughs> she, and then we had my two boy cousins with us. Oh. And she made them hide in the car. And we, I mean, we were on a road that was not very populated. So we right. had to wait for a, somebody to come by. Somebody right. to come along. And I mean, she was just saying, like, stick your ass out, do this, wear these shorts, blah, blah, blah. This is how we're going to get a ride because we're going to use our sexuality. Right. Right. And I still yeah. remember she put me. And my cousin, he was a boy, um, into a truck, truck drivers, oh. right? Put us yeah. in this truck. Hadn't eaten in like two days at this point. Oh, my God. And put us in this truck with this guy that we did not know to get to the next truck stop because nobody had phones. You know, you, you didn't right. have a phone. And to call my dad. And just left you, she and the other kids stayed there and you guys yeah. left? they stayed with the car. They oh, my wanted God. To, she wanted to stay with the car. And we I left wonder, with She wanted car. to stay with the car. Yeah. I yeah. mean, uh, to this day, I feel like, I really feel like he was an angel. Because not only did he feed us when, when he got there, uh-huh. um, but he was nice. He was yeah, not. He knew, you I, were, he knew she was fucked. Yeah. And I still, to this day, I always laugh that he was an angel because he has, he had red hair. Oh, that's funny. And Abby, and Abby ended up with red hair. And I used to say, I survived that. And that was his kiss on my kid that said. Yeah, that's, and he, you're so lucky he turned out to be a good guy, not a bad guy. So lucky. Like, that's what I'm talking, so lucky. He could have killed Thomas and whatever with me. I could have been sold. We were on, we were in New yeah. Mexico. Right. So. Yeah. I mean, but just, it's so funny. I have this friend, Kate, who is like the more conservative of our friends. Maybe, maybe she's not. I always thought of her as more conservative because we were crazier because I was crazier than her. And because I think I was not, uh, because the way I reacted to my abuse was to be wild, Right. And the way she reacted to her abuse was to be careful. Right. Mm-hmm. So we had d- opposite ways of responding. And um, I always thought, well, she's just really uh, boring or whatever. You know what I mean? <laughs> or, you know, whatever I thought. Right. And uh, now we're much more compatible as adults because, you know, we've both come a long way, baby. And um, so she, I remember her saying sometime like, you know, when I look back on our childhoods, because uh, there are three of us, and our moms were single mom. Maybe there were four of us. Yeah, four of us. Our moms were single moms, and they were wild partiers who did drugs and, you know, had big parties and weren't the best, uh, like, Parenting. supervisors yeah. of children. <laughs> right? And uh, she's like, she's like, when you look back on our childhoods, you know, every single one of us got molested. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that's true. (laughs) And then, oh, God, that is true. And then she said, but somehow we all made it, you know. I mean, at least we made it. But every one of us got molested because our fucking parents weren't paying attention. Right. So they weren't taking care of us and they were putting us in harm's way. Think about the the era before that. Not, I would just say 60s, the late 60s into the 70s, into the early 80s, when you had this whole generation 
of me. You know what I'm saying? Like, they're just all about what they were doing, but yeah. still had kids. Like, they were just, they're not all of them, but there is this whole pattern of yeah. mothers who were, you know, finding their freedom and just doing whatever they thought was right. Yeah. Well, and I mean, I think you made a good point that that it was a time for, a time in in the in the world or in our country where women were finally getting freedoms that they hadn't previously had. They had fought for the rights to vote, to own yeah. property, to then um, own their own bodies, to uh, have equal rights um, f to employment. And all kinds of different shit, right? Right. So then they were having to adjust to what do you do with all these rights? What does that mean for us? What is our life going to look like when we're not just a housewife and just allowed to get a credit card because our husband said we could? Right. Or, you know, allowed to live in a house because our husband's name is on the house, not ours. You know, when we really fucking finally started getting some rights, there was a big learning curve there, clearly. And um, there were a lot of... Uh, and in that curve became neglect of the children. Yeah, there were a lot of people that... The kids that suffered during that transition, for sure. Right. And, 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 then, it, um, yeah. and then everybody got real more cognizant of, the, of what was occurring. But we had to suffer from it first. Yeah, there was. There was this, there's this whole generation that suffered from that. And then you've got that generation either turning into horrible people. Um, yeah. You know, that's where you get more of crime, more yeah. doing whatever you feel like doing. Yeah. Or you have these people that were like, and I think I'm that person that became this parent that was putting their thumb down and More you're, this is never not going to, this is never going to happen to my child. So I'm going to just hover. Right. I'm going to yeah, be right there. I see that too. And I think I see that in my friend Kate, like she was more hoverer. Yeah. I think I was more neglectful, <laughs> honestly. But I had, I also had a grandmother that I was close to, yeah. that I was always around. You didn't get that. You were yeah. all, you only got to see her on the, in the summertime, right. but she was my saving grace. And I had neighbors that were, which my best friend's parents, that were, this is what it's supposed to look like. Well, one element we didn't add in there, um, which which goes hand in hand, is uh, poverty. Because as women were gaining their independence and their rights and all that stuff, they were very poor. Yeah. Because they didn't have jobs that paid them equally to men, and they were establishing themselves in the workforce, and so they were... Uh, they were abused by the workforce, you know, yeah. and they were expected to survive on very little and they were, they had to figure everything out. And so they were poverty stricken while they were raising kids on their own. Even if they were single. I mean, if they were, I remember being told in the early eighties when I had just, you know, started 
into the workforce being told that, well, if you're married, you don't need that money. Right. Or health insurance. Right. Like your husband can provide your health insurance. You don't need any of that. You, this is the pay that somebody that is, you know, works because they want to, not because they need to. Exactly. Right. Not because you wanted a career, but because, you know, your, your money's just for extra. It's for spending money. Yeah. Right. Well, and I think that has been a very long adjustment. And, and I have to say, when you look back and you look at women going through this adjustment period where they become what we are today, which are equal contributors to the workforce, pretty, you know. Yeah. I mean, very, very much so. That's a big uh, evolution in a short period of time, really, to have gone from there to here. Um, And we're still fighting for equality, but, uh, you know, the, the difference is astronomical from, like, where my mom started out. Oh, yeah. In the workforce. But at that time, it just became acceptable for women to get divorced. Right. You know, where you weren't a pariah if you divorced your abusive husband. Or if you just didn't like him anymore and you just wanted to get the fuck out. And, you know, so so that was such a huge adjustment period. And it makes sense that we were neglected on some level. Yeah. Because they didn't know how to do it. Right. We already had watched them fuck up. (laughs) And so we had a better understanding of what it was going to take, you know, to take care of our kids alone if necessary. And both of us ended up in periods of of our parenting, uh, parenting alone. Oh, absolutely. And for me, it was like the whole time pretty much. (laughs) Yeah. 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 I mean, it's... You're right. And parenting alone and learning how to make money and juggle everything. Yeah. It, I yeah. mean, that everything. whole thing. Women it are was, so badass. Yeah. I definitely really fucked up a lot of things, but I also definitely did a lot of things really well. So it was a mixed bag. And I, I feel a compassion and empathy for my daughter for the things I fucked up. And most of the things I fucked up were because I didn't know how to care for myself properly because I had been abused and um, I didn't get help, yeah, um, emotional and mental help. And if I had done that, I probably could have done a better job. But I just didn't know. I also didn't have an example of someone going and getting help. Right. I was like the first one in my line to go to therapy. Well, that's the thing that I was, that's what I was going to say is that and I feel like sometimes I still do that where I think that the next generation has learned to get help. Yep. And I still in my head get that whole, um, and, you know, mental health is like, <laughs> we've gone leaps and bounds. But I oh, yeah. still get that in my head where, you know, well, you don't need that. You can, you know, you can get through it. Really? I still do it. I wow, I'm the opposite of you. Do I'm it. like, I fucking need it real bad, always for the rest of my life. Yeah. And if I'm not getting it for one thing, I'm going to get it for another thing. So, like, right. I had individual therapy for years and years, which, thank God, or I just never would have gotten uh, healthy, you know. Right. I never would have met Matthew or been the type of person he would want to marry. And then now we go to couples counseling. I don't go to individual counseling anymore. We go to couples counseling. And it's really helping our marriage. Yeah. Like, it's really making a difference. 
I'm I'm talking more about like I my kids. Like I'm just like, why are you doing that? Like you, I feel almost it's almost as if, and you can tell me if you feel like this sometimes. Like it's almost as if I did all this stuff for you. Why do you need this? Oh no, I don't feel that way at all. Yeah, <laughs> we are definitely not the same. <laughs> I just sometimes I'm like, what did I do wrong that you need this all no. the time? You know, every time. You have to consider who their father is. <laughs> it's not right. all you. Right. You know, I know, and but then, I've, I raised them like I'm the one. Well, I he know, but, very but they were absent a father that contributed and that leaves a gaping hole. Right. You know, especially for a son. And then they went through traumas that were outside of your control. Yeah. You know, what Patrick went through at college with this mass shooter is something that you had no control over. And he may, he probably needs therapy for the rest of his life, at least intermittently, because the effects of that PTSD, you may have dealt with them for what's going on in your life right now, but then something else will happen. Like you'll get married and then it'll come back and it'll affect you differently about this big change in your life. Yeah. And, and you'll go through another response to your PTSD about that event. And then you'll go through therapy and you'll work through that and you'll be okay. Then you'll have a kid. <laughs> then you'll yeah. go through a fucking whole other way of breaking down about it. I'm glad that you see it like that. I, oh, I, I wish do. that I could. Like, there's so many times where I'm still like that hardcore. No, oh, I don't. You know, we don't need, do need help. That? Yeah, I don't, don't need, need help. help. I can do this, and I we I get that help. from. That's the upbringing that I yeah. had, for sure. Yeah. Well, and you know, with my parent, with my mom, it was I've always been the person who reacted by doing the opposite <laughs> of what. Yeah. Hello, they Abby. Wanted, right. You know. Yeah. That's Abby. And um, I became a stripper to say, fuck you, to my parents. <laughs> and I got accepted to a good college, and I was like, no, I'm just going to be a stripper because that's really going to fuck them up. <laughs> oh my God. And I mean, I was just a bitter, pissed off young woman for a while. Yeah. But then, you know, I realized I ha wanted to have a good life. And if I was going to be really selfish... I needed to do what it took to have a better life for myself. Yeah. And it wasn't about them, you know, anymore. Right. And I, I mean, ultimately, yeah. though, you also, I mean, it had a lot to do with, I don't know, maybe I'm wrong, but it did also have, you went into the Navy. And yeah. it that was yeah. probably mind-blowing at the time. Oh, it was. And not, so I went into the Navy, and then within... Two and a half years, I had a baby. Yeah. So those two things together, like, changed the trajectory of my life forever. And um, I still became a drug addict um, and had problems and issues. And it really wasn't until I went into extreme therapy, like, once a week for three years, I went to therapy. Yeah. And until I did that, I, I still struggled with addiction. I struggled back and forth. I mean, I'd get clean for a while, and then I'd fall back in. And I'd get clean for a while, and I'd fall back in. You know, but those 
the therapy was the thing that helped me. Yeah. I I needed that more than anything. And that's why it should be available to people. And that's yeah. why, you know, I try in my, in my head, I'm thinking one thing, but I know, I know in my heart what it's supposed to be. Because when you look at these, what a lot of these terrible people come from, mm-hmm. it all starts with their inability to get help to yep. start with. Yep. It is. And I do have to point out that I got therapy um, at first I got it because I had health insurance. But then later, I got it because I was a veteran. And I got it for free. Yeah. And so, like, first off, if if you're a veteran, you can get therapy. And you might actually have to pay a copay of $30 per session. But if they deem that any of your therapy is uh sexually related to related to anything sexual and or something that occurred to you while you were in the service then you don't have to pay the copay so you get it for free and so if anybody out there is a veteran and they feel like they would like to try therapy they should go access uh go try to access it through the va yeah that's great yeah but and you know what? There is free therapists too. There is mm-hmm. free therapy. You just have to like, I mean, it's a lot of reaching out. It There's is. It's a, a lot, lot of, of work. It's not it. easy. And it's a lot right. of work and it shouldn't be. No, I, I, I kind of think it should be. I mean, this is the, this is the mentality behind therapy. If you're not ready for it and you don't want it, it doesn't work. You have to work in therapy. You don't just go and you magically get better. Right. You have to deal with things that are very difficult and face them and change things in your life and habits and behaviors that you have that are built around um, trauma and maybe lifelong behaviors that you never knew you needed to change. It's It's very difficult. And so it's intentional that it's hard to get into therapy. They make it not easy. Okay. Because if you're not willing to work to get in, you ain't going to fucking do it. Oh, that makes sense. Yep. That really does make sense. Yep. But when you are, I think, though, that when it comes to children yeah. and you see these awful things, yeah. and even if it's a neighbor, like you see a neighbor kid doing this, somebody mm-hmm. needs to be like, hey. That kid needs some help. Yeah, that kid needs some help. And you're right. Like, you know, and when I taught school, this is awful, but you know, you're just looking at, you know, that kindergartner going, yep, that's the next serial killer. There it is. Yep. Yep. Yeah. I've got students in our districts that I'm like, oh my God, that kid is going to kill somebody, you know, that's (laughs) going to happen. No, it's going to happen. They already assaulted. They have felonies and they're, and they're 12. Yeah. (laughs) And that's just it. Like, I think that that's why we're not having the serial killer like we used to have. Like, the ones that become this blow-up media cessation. Right. Because it is getting stopped by people like you or people like, you know, in schools. that You've got a lot more um, access to resources like that. And so... They may brutalize somebody. They may even get away with murdering somebody. But 
that's where it's going to end. Yeah, yeah, because they're going to get caught. Right. They're going to get caught. They're not able to hide anymore. Right. Period. And, yeah, technology. And, yes. you know, all the ways that people can get caught. Now what we really need to work on is our fucking police force so yeah. that they could do their job worth of shit. Because the main reason why people get away with things now is because the police force doesn't want to do a good job. Yeah. Because they want to close a case, blame a uh, an innocent person, and move on without really caring about whether the case got honestly solved. Right. This happens too much. I mean, I know it sounds like a generalization that I'm making and maybe an exaggeration, but I don't think it's that big of an exaggeration. Right. I think there it's way more prolific of a problem than than people want to believe. No, I think it is a problem. And I think that, you know, studying DNA and now DNA genealogy and things like that, that needs to be more accessible to our yeah. police departments. And I also need think, and we've t talked about this on our police episode, where I think that the police, need, it needs to be separated. You need teams. Yeah. This team over here needs to have a background in social work. This team over here needs to have a background in um, pedophilia. I mean, yeah. just to name some of the things that it needs to do that like FBI does. Like task forces. Right. Just right. like, I mean, like the FBI does, a cold case, cold, you know, just don't have two people on a cold case. Yeah. Yeah, if you're going to spend money on police, spend money on good wages and good training right. instead of whatever the fuck we're doing. I mean, right. like, it's waste, fraud, and abuse. And if we, have, like, if we have police officers right now that are on the force and that are committed to staying on that force, then we need to send them to college for free. Yeah. We need, they need, sure. they need to be sent to college and told, okay, what is, this is you, what you're looking for, or this is what you, your field of study would like, this is what you would like, okay, here's your field of study, you go, you become the expert on that. Yep. So let's use so that like and that, we should women. put their kids through any state college they want to go to. So yeah. they are not burdened by... Um, the expense of putting their kids through college. Well, if you're not going to pay them, you're going to have to give them some, you know, something. something. And what they and what do they make? Like about what I make, I make sixty thousand a year. Yeah, I think a police officer going in is lucky to make sixty. I think well, it's going more, in probably not, but it, yeah. I didn't make that going in either. I think going in they probably make about forty five. Yeah, I think so. I think but it's it better about 40, go up. 45. It yeah. better go up because everything's fucking crazy expensive. Right. So if you if a, if a, if they were getting 45 to start and houses were costing $200,000, if they're still making 45 and houses are costing $400,000, that's bullshit. <laughs> yes, I know. Right? It's almost if you didn't get in on the bottom level, then yeah. you're screwed. It's bullshit. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I mean, there's too many things to be disgusted about. I know. <laughs> There is. Damn but, it. Okay. So we're okay, going to move gonna wrap on. It up. Yep. We're going to wrap this shit up. Next time we're going to talk about horrible women. That's right. We'll be discussing America's women serial killers. And we didn't talk about specific serial killers this time. No. We I'd only talked about it. About it. Because 
I mean, a serial killer is a serial killer to serial killer. Like, yeah, we can go true. on. Yeah, that's true. We could just, we could have done it that way, but I feel you like could listen to somebody else's podcast for that. <laughs> yeah. I think it's endless. Yeah. If you want to go into the story and the graphics of it, it's endless. Endless. But if you want to dive into why, why America. Yeah. yeah. Why? Why are we America? at the top at this? We shouldn't yeah. be. But we are. Yeah. We're at the top. And what are we doing to um, prevent serial killers in the future? Are we doing anything at all? What right. are the other countries doing that we're not doing? So let's make a deal. Mm -hmm. After we finish the serial killer thing, mm -hmm. let's do an episode where we talk about one thing that America's great about. <laughs> I think that's a great idea. Because we'll be like, all right, what the fuck, America? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, well, let's figure that one out. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that's going to be a difficult one to figure out, isn't no, it? No, we've got some good shit. We got some stuff. We a little bit of shit. stuff. I don't yeah. know. You've, I mean, you've traveled. I've traveled. We, we can figure it out. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. The, and the word of the week next week is manipulate. <laughs> oh. I put that in there. We're all um, really good at that. Yeah. Women. <laughs> Women serial killers. <laughs> okay. Please follow, rate, review, subscribe, share with your friends, and leave a comment. Keep the conversation going on our Facebook page, please. What the fuck, America? On our Instagram is what the F underscore America. Twitter at what WTF America. Or you can email us at WTFAPod at Gmail. I'm Renee Jones. And I'm Melissa Howes. And thank you for listening to What, what the, the Fuck, fuck America. America.